Hi, my name is Ryan, Hiring Guru with today's hiring tip. Today we're going to talk about how to properly focus on skills and knowledge instead of just a job title when it comes to attracting and more importantly screening to find and quickly get to the best candidates who applied. Make sure you stick around to the end. I've got a really cool job interview questions guide that you can download um, that will help you prepare for those great interviews that are coming up to make sure you pick the best people. All right, so here at Applicant Pro, we're hiring an executive assistant um, for our chief revenue officer. She is one of the most important people at our organization because pretty much everybody reports to her, especially in the sales, marketing, support, success area of the company. And so we're, we're out there looking for an executive assistant and we end up basically learning some lessons that I figured I would, I would bring up and teach to you guys. Like, um, what happened was we, we threw an ad out there, wrote a really awesome job ad, clearly, because we have a whole team of writers. We write this awesome job ad and a bunch of applicants flow in, in fact, like 117 in like three weeks. And so we've got all these applicants to look at and we start going through the sorting and ranking and scoring that we have set up and we're just not seeing the type of people we want show up at the top of the list. In fact, we're seeing some people at the top of the list that we actually wouldn't be want to consider for the job. And so it got me to thinking, I was in there messing around, said, man, maybe we need to unpack why our scoring is going wrong. Why is our screening going wrong? And one of the very first things that I noticed was we were really focused in on how many years of work experience as an executive assistant. Um, but we weren't really able to see and get to the granular level of specific skills and specific activities and experience doing certain things. And so what was happening was a whole bunch of applicants were being filtered to the top of the list for a bunch of different reasons that didn't specifically mean they were qualified. And when I dug into people who actually were qualified, they were down lower in the list. And so it got me to thinking, look, you know, the job title probably isn't the best thing for us to screen on, specifically around how many years of experience. Because let's be honest, when it comes to uh, being an executive assistant, not all executive assistant jobs are created equal, right? What, what an executive assistant does at a small company with say 10 employees is completely different than one who works for a company with 2,000 employees. It's very different for a a non-growing organization like a city or a county or a school district versus a hyper-growth tech company and, and some of the requirements and some of the duties and, and that that an executive assistant would do there. And even inside of you know who they report to, an executive assistant to the CFO or to the CEO is going to be very different than one for a CRO or a CMO, Chief Marketing Officer or Chief Revenue Officer. Let's be honest, your assistant needs to be an extension of you and so it's helpful if they kind of know your core job which if that's marketing and sales they better have some marketing and sales knowledge and so what we ended up with was an, a great ad with bad screening questions and so we ended up with honestly more questions that I had than answers as far as who to look at so where where we went wrong and what that would require us to do to make up for it is to manually go through and review a bunch of applicants and with 117 applicants that's a ton of reviewing to do. Number two, even if I'm reviewing all their resumes, I might actually not know the answer to the questions I'm curious about. And number three, we tend to hire a lot of people who actually haven't done the exact job title that we're hiring them for. We have support people and marketing people who used to work for a dentist and orthodontist and they've been phenomenal employees. And so even the job title match really wasn't a good fit for us. So let me explain to you how we went about fixing it. 
Um, number one, we had to spend some time to prepare ahead of time. And I know that's kind of common sense, but here's the deal. When Heidi decides that she wants an executive assistant, the HR team jumps in and is mad rushed to get a job ad live and applicants flown because that is kind of the kickoff to the hiring process. And the problem is if we're too fast to do that, instead of slowing down and making sure we have all of our ducks in a row, especially when it comes to job questions, then we might kind of you know miss our chance. It's really hard to capture that information later in the process after somebody's applied. Number two, you need to have 10 to 15 screening questions. For us, we remove out the work history and the education and the, the references until later in the process. And so when somebody applies for a job, we literally just have their resume, EEOC information, vets, you know, uh, disabled, race, gender, and this group of job questions. So asking 10 or 15 really solid job questions really doesn't elongate the apply process past three to five minutes anyway, but those 10 to 15 questions are vital for being able to quickly screen and filter and find the best people. The third one is focus on core responsibilities, right? Core responsibilities of the job, not the title itself, because once again, the same job title can look very different at different organizations. For us, that meant managing somebody's inbox. It meant using Gmail, not Outlook. It meant using Zoom. It meant doing internet research. It meant even some experience in marketing or sales and kind of a base level of knowledge. Now, the last part, once you've kind of set that stage, right, where instead of asking, do you have three to five years of, of executive assistant experience, I'm instead asking, you know, do you have experience managing somebody's inbox, using Gmail and the G Suite, using Zoom, right? Doing research and marketing, um, using Excel potentially, right? The next part that, that you have to be really, really cautious about is the answer options that you provide. Meaning, I don't wanna say, do you know Zoom, yes or no? That's not a great answer or a great question, but along the same lines, asking their level of knowledge of Zoom in number of years is also not helpful. My, my 12 year old who goes to school now has experience using Zoom as part of his class, but that wouldn't qualify him for this executive assistant role because the use model is different. And asking number of years or beginner, intermediate, advanced, all of those things, while that might give you some grading level, it really isn't going to give you the knowledge you need to know whether somebody knows how to do their job right now that you're going to ask them to do or is going to need to be trained in that certain skill. So I instead suggest using more descriptive answers that specifically have to do with how they'll use a certain software platform. So take Zoom as a great example, right? My options for how to answer the question of how well do you know Zoom would be something like I've never used of it, I've never used it. Um, it would be I've attended a handful of Zoom meetings as an attendee. It could be I've attended hundreds of Zoom meetings as an attendee, which all three of those are not really the role that we're asking this person to play. Then we get into the answers I really want to hear, which is I've been the uh, organizer of many Zoom meetings, or even better, I've managed the Zoom account for somebody else who's the organizer. I've actually scheduled you know, meetings, I've scheduled reoccurring meetings, and I've made sure that the Zoom links all work, and it's different from my own login, so I've dealt with like the different logins into Zoom and having multiple logins. You see, that type of list of answers gives me really, really solid information about how well they know Zoom. I could use the same thing with Excel, where I could start with, I've never used Excel, up to the next level, which is like, I've looked at spreadsheets before, up to the next level, I've looked at a lot of spreadsheets that were sent to me, 
right? Or maybe I've edited somebody else's spreadsheet. Whereas you get into the upper levels where it's, I've created a spreadsheet from scratch and all the way up into the more advanced things like I've created pivot tables, right? As you scale up into that, there's certain triggers that will let you know the level of knowledge that somebody has and beginner, intermediate, advanced is just simply too subjective. You don't know how they're deciding what the breakpoints are of those three levels. And so that really is the goal. Same thing with, with managing somebody's inbox. I don't just want to know if they've used Gmail. Again, my, my 12 year old in middle school, he uses Gmail at school but that's different. I want to know if they've actually created rules. I want to know if they've actually managed an inbox for somebody else, right? Have they done those more advanced things uh, inside of Gmail that will tell me that they have advanced knowledge, that they understand the ins and outs of it. So that's really kind of more robust approach to digging in. Now, the last part is we use scoring in our job questions. So when you answer a question a certain way, we assign a score or a value to that answer and hopefully it adds up to bring the best people to the top of the list. One caveat here, you need to be very careful about how you assign the scores to your different questions. If you create 10 or 15 questions, there's going to be a couple I'm sure in there that are knockout questions. That's what we had. Do you have a legal right to work in the United States and do you live in or around Eagle Mountain, Utah? Those were two of our core questions and if you answered no, we were kicking people out. That is great. The problem is if they answered yes, we were allocating 100 points to that score, 100 out of 400 possible, which meant those two answers, which pretty much everybody gave, made up over half of the total score available for the job. And so you've got to be careful. If you have a knockout question that's a yes or no or something like that, don't allocate any points to that. It's just a base level, can we even hire you, right? Where you want to allocate your scoring is to the questions that actually do determine whether somebody's good or not. You might say it doesn't matter, everybody got 200 points, but what it does when you, when you make up half of your point total with questions that don't matter is that it makes your ability to see the difference between a top and a middle and a bottom candidate really, really hard to see because you've effectively created like a curve. You've padded the curve. You've padded people's score. Remember in school when we used to get points just writing our name and the date on the paper? Like that doesn't help out when it comes to screening candidates. And so you just got to be really careful about how you allocate points, how you weight the different points, the different questions. Give you a great example. It would make common sense that an executive assistant would be able to type fast. So one of the things that, that we'd done and we'd set up was that typing speed mattered to the level of like 60 points. Now, here's the crazy thing about it. Our CRO's executive assistant will almost never type up a full email. We're not saying take a memo, dictate a letter. We're not doing anything like that. She's most likely doing internet research. She's scheduling Zoom meetings. She's, you see, the critical thinking skills of organization are different than just being able to type a paragraph really, really fast. That is important, but it isn't predictive as much as knowing your ability to understand Zoom, experience with Gmail and those types of things. And so just be very cautious about what questions you ask and how you weight them. We found that this, the last half of our applicant flow, it was phenomenal. We got really solid applicants and more importantly, it was about could, would the top ones go to the top of the list and those who are not qualified filter down to the bottom? Cause that really at the end of the day is the test if you have your job questions nailed down the right way, is when you go through and glance through them, do the top people show up on top? Because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. So 
Thanks for watching today's hiring tip. I told you if you stuck around to the end, I'd tell you about an awesome download. It's called the Job Interview Questions Guide. It has a list of stock questions that we believe are super awesome when it comes to interviewing people. Uh, it also gives you some ideas of how to create your own questions, specifically around behaviors and values and how to ask not just whether they believe something, but to describe an example of a time when they actually applied that in, in a previous job. So download the guide. It's, it should be just down below, this, down below this video or in the email received. Until next time, good luck hiring.